Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. If you're like me and you hate the grind of finding new bands but love when you find them, I have a recommendation for you. After Dark is sponsoring today's show, and they are fantastic. So if you're anything like me, go check them out. Check out Colors is probably the first one I'll recommend. After that, my second favorite's probably Break Away. Highly recommend them. Spotify After Dark. Hello and welcome back to the Conquest of Bliss. I am, of course, Kara, and I am here with the fantastic Scott Gazzoli. How are you today, Scott? I'm doing wonderful, Kara. You nailed nailed my name. You sound like a Brooklynite already. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So you do a podcast that's basically the same theme as mine. So I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, And I don't normally have people talk about their podcast right away, but can you just give a quick overview of the theme of your podcast? For, Absolutely. For, for Conquest of Bliss, people very similar. I would say probably a little bit broier than Kara with her polished voice and all this stuff. But really, <laughs> um, you know, I went through probably, uh, I got some stories for you. And um, in my late 20s, um, decided to just basically become the truest version of myself. And I think that has become uh, like kind of the, the mission statement of my podcast is to basically turn people into the truest version of themselves. I have a vast array of interests, um, psychology, a lot of spirituality, a super fit uh, person too. So what I've been seeing when I try to do is bring different pieces to awareness to really people's kind of kind of mind, whether it be, so we have spiritual people who are now doing fitness. We have fitness people who are now, you know, doing <laughs> some meditation. So uh, anything you need, we could, we, uh, I could talk about them. I'm, uh, I'm a jack of all trades, as we said before. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And I love that, like, it's, it's like right next door right next door because mine is about accessibility and that same idea of putting Mm -hmm. i mean everyone who knows this listens who listened to this knows this but it's the same idea of just putting it out there so that people can find what it is that they're looking for exactly so um can you can you tell me a little bit about what led you to podcasting specifically yeah absolutely so I started, and I'll give you the, the long story here. I got divorced in uh, when I was 28. I made it being married about 13, 14 months. And if you saw me at 27, you would say, this kid has it made. I just built a house in New York. I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars, beautiful wife, all this stuff. And I was just like, I'm not happy. This just isn't clicking. And you know, all I wanted to do is make my mother happy. And that was a good thing. But you know, when you're living somebody else's life, it's not the answer. Mm-hmm. So I started um, getting very much into spirituality, meditation, basically finding a ritual for myself every morning. And I would say um, my practice is pretty intense compared to some other people. So <laughs> in total, I, I and you know, that's kind of like the pitch of causing the effect, right? You got to fix your mind, body and spirit. So I, I believe that. And um, every morning I wake up four o'clock in the morning, an hour and a half of, of my mind and spirituality work, and then two and three hours in the gym. That's before I even start a job. That is my, um, and, and when just by doing that, you start sitting with your thoughts and, and the things kind of pop up. And it's like, wow, I always wanted to, um, I realized that connection is a big piece for me. Helping people is a big connection um, for me. And I wanted to put both of those things together. And um, I ended up through a lot of sitting introspection. It was the two things that popped up were podcasting and comedy. And um, I had a, uh, a big, big fright of stage fright as a, as a kid. 
and I had a attack comedy like head on. That's a whole another story. And um, been doing both ever since. And now my life has so much balance to it. I was always like a very black or white type person. Like go, you could only go all in on one thing. And what I've realized is like by doing eighty percent of five or six different things, you actually become better at the other pieces of your life. And um, my life has so much more vibrancy and color. And like I just feel like you know I'm just I'm in the zone. Basically, it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's really cool stuff. That is really cool. And I have a, a question that doesn't matter before I'll ask a question that matters a little more. Did you like you built a house in New York City, like the city of New York? Yes. So I've never heard of that. It, it is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, so heard, I, I thought um, all the houses were already built. <laughs> yes. And this is what, well, listen, I, I really wanted to make my ex wife happy and God bless her. Really great person. We were just two different people, right? So, um, you know, I actually, there's two, there's two pieces to that story. We built a two family house and I had her parents living downstairs. Her father was in construction and said, listen, I'll pay for the, the labor. You pay for the materials. So we, we knocked down, um, knocked down, uh, one of these houses. And, uh, that's when I was in the hedge fund. So you're not working till five o'clock at these places. You work till 7 PM. I come home by eight, eight 30, start working on this thing, two hours a day, every day. It is no joke. And unfortunately she has the house, but I'm in my happy apartment here. So it, it's all good. But yes, it took about uh, a year and a half, two years. So it is, uh, it is no joke. That's so interesting. And I'm sorry, like, I know that that's so unimportant to your story as oh. far as, but like, I just, because New York's an island, right? Isn't it? Uh, Manhattan is an island and Brooklyn, like even where I am, like, it looks like an island because we've got the water to the left, but it is like very, everything is just ridiculous expensive <laughs> and, and crazy like to give you an idea i think the the average house in new york in my area is like 1.4 to 1.6 million and the one we built was like double the size of a normal house so it was like it's a it was it was a lot of fun though to, to like because that's i was going through this whole thing of like i'll try the stuff that i suck at right and i gotta i want to be the fool to become the king that'll go that old whole uh, archetype and i was like i'll try construction because my my father-in-law was very skilled at it and i was like Let's just try to learn it. So even having that skill now, instead of having to pay a construction guy to come here and fix something, it's um, it saves you a lot of money. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's just really cool. And I was just, like I said, I just never heard someone say they built a house in New York yeah. in my entire <laughs> life. So um, that's that's just really cool. But I did want to talk a little bit more about um, that. I'm not sure what the right word is, but I want to say cohesion that you were talking about, that that whole interplay of different areas of our life and, and how often it is that people compartmentalize and try to pretend mm-hmm. like my work life isn't related to my relationships or my spiritual life isn't related to, I don't know, diet and fitness or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. different things. And so was that like a smooth path for you, like a light bulb moment? Or was that something that you slowly and painfully had to learn? Which no, I feel like it, it, the second. It, it, it was a disaster. It still is sort of a disaster because it's like, um, you know, in psychology and the way I always look at stuff, and I, I suggest anybody to look at this, like when, you, when you're looking at something like meditation, right? Look at it from three standpoints. You look at it from a spiritual standpoint, look at it from a psychology standpoint, look at it from a scientific standpoint. And that's kind of what I do when I do episodes by myself. I, I want to break it down in three different aspects to people because for me, that's kind of what I want to know. But what I've learned is some people just kind of clicks when you talk psychology or clicks when you talk spirituality or clicks when you talk science. So that's kind of why I have those three different pieces. But, um, you know, back to this, you know, uh, psychology, we call it uh, integration of self, the individuation of yourself, um, being the truest version of yourself, right? And I would say the path that I was on up to my mid-20s was really focused on the classic Western tradition, what men want, right? Power, money, women, yeah. partying, drugs, all that <laughs> stuff. That's fun. Right. And I always did it and you kind of get stuck in a loop of just like, oh, this is cool. Um, and it just didn't have 
I, it just felt off to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you have to, I wanted the inside Scott, the conscious, the voice that I hear to really match the outside version of Scott. And when, when, um, when I told my people around me, oh, I want a podcast, you get that weird look, right? <laughs> you, what do you, what do you think you're Rogan? Um, and it, you, it, the, that part is, was, and still hard. But even when I say comedy to people, you, you're, you're a comedian. Like it's, it's, it's hard to integrate all these pieces. And I would say the one thing you have to do, and this is why I really love my day job is I, I talk to these billionaires who um, I just kind of pick their brain. Like, what do you think is the most important thing? And the one thing that always pops up is flexibility with ideas and flexibility um, with your mind to be able to not only maneuver, just don't get stuck in what you, what you want to do. So uh, now I'm very open to like trying different things. Like, and I think people look at finding themselves almost like a linear path, right? I'm going to go up and then I'm going to come down and then I'm going to come up and I'm going to come. And what I'm realizing, it's almost like you're pinpointing it in like, mm, this feels right to me. And you kind of go towards that. And like, let's say maybe comedy isn't the answer, but I know talking to people is the answer. So I'm actually jumping to public speaking. I'm going to be starting seminars with people, all this good stuff that I'm sure, you know, um, a lot of people are interested in, like just that connection with people. I want something deep. And I think that's where you have to start. You have to do a lot of introspection to like, what really makes you happy? Um, and for me, it's variety, it's certainty, it's connection with, with others. So, um, it's been fun. Like, and I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person who, if you met me when I was 22, I was playing college football. I was playing death metal drums in a band. Like I've done so many different things that like people like what, what version of Scott is this, but I just try to be better than who I was yesterday and let everything else play out at this point. So that totally makes sense. And, and just so you know, I actually did comedy for a hot minute. Did you so, really? What'd you think? Um, it was terrifying. And I did a bad job, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) I've since gotten, I think, much better at like, like, I think what was cool, because I actually did a class. Um, Sorry. Um, But I did a class and we learned sort of the ins and outs of the differences between stand-up comedy and comedy as a whole and sort of how stand-up comedy works and and, and stuff like that, which was cool and, and whatever. And I did the class and I moved on with my life. And what was interesting is that I found that I got funnier just like in everyday life. And mm-hmm. people would always talk about how funny I was. And I don't necessarily think of, well, that's not 100% true. I don't think of myself as someone that other people think is funny. I think of myself as someone who laughs at their own jokes and then people laugh at me laughing at their own my yeah. own jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but I, something that you said really stuck out to me that I think is really, really interesting is that you said that one of the things that makes you happy is certainty while having a whole conversation about all of the uncertainty in your life mm. um, and, and how much how much certainty has kind of lacked in, in that and how you're trying to find things and you're on your, your way. And what's interesting is that I also struggle with the whole I don't know thing and, and, and certainty. So what have you found? Because, I mean, that is a key part, I think, of happiness is the feeling of safety that comes with certainty, security, etc. So when that inevitably doesn't happen because life isn't like that. Mm-hmm. What kind of things, like, like how have you, what's, what's you, fa- what, oh, Jesus, fuck. Uh, what have you found has helped is what I was trying so hard to say there. So he, that, that's the hard part, right? And um, I would say that this comes back again. Like, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much psychology, but the, there's six psychological needs that all humans have. There's certainty, uncertainty, variety, that's the same thing, significance, connection, uh, growth and contribution. Some people just really want two. Some people want three. I really feel like I want all of them. Honestly, I want to. <laughs> I want to. I want to eat everything at the table. So that certainty. I would say certainty for me comes a lot with connection and love. So mm-hmm. for me, I have eight guy cousins um, who are 
like my brothers. They are literally my core, like, like my, my girlfriend hates dating me because she's like, you are just so in tune with your friends. And like, you, you have this cool thing because it's so, it's such a nice thing. We do a token month every month where we watch, we watch Lord of the Rings. We do a Star Wars month where we watch Star Wars, all this fun stuff. And that comes into connection and love and all the stuff that we're kind of talking about. Right. So it is playing this game with yourself of like, where could I find the connection and certainty? And I would say, uh, you know, all the astrology readings tell me I'm, I, uh, I'm going to make money for the rest of my life and all that good stuff. And I've always been lucky. Money is the easy part for me. There is, I do like having certainty and being able to, to sit with you on a Friday and not worry about, you know, the workers and all that stuff and being the boss. And, the, you know, it's hard to juggle everything, but having all of it for me does optimize myself and give me happiness. So you have to, people have to pick where you could find your connection, your love, your growth. Um, also, that's, that's significance. So all these pieces are important. And what I would suggest is take those. Anybody could just Google six human needs, um, rate that for yourself and, and see really, you can pick two, what pops up and those will tie into, you know, the most important aspects of your life. And I'm curious for you, Kara, I will, I will pose that question. What do you think is your biggest psychological need? Okay. So it's, um, I, I know I've heard these before, but I don't remember. Um, yeah. So certainty, variety, uh, significance, uh, significance connection, oh, I'm growth, growth, growth and contribution. Okay. So growth. For sure. For okay. sure. For sure. Um, my sister-in-law who, I don't know what quite to call her, but she's sort of been like my mentee for, for a while, um, you know, and we have a lot of conversations and stuff. And one of the things that she, that's not relevant at all, but one of the things that she constantly tells me is that, is that I'm a different person every year and like, not in a bad way, but like, you know, like the person I was last year is, is nowhere near the person that I am now. And the person I was the year before that and et cetera, et cetera. So growth is for sure the biggest, um, connection would be second. Um, flexibility would be like the variety thing. So that's probably mm -hmm. yeah. plays into that. Sure. Um, certainty and then significance. Yeah. I think kind of all of them really. Sure. Um, yeah, like I'm kind of, yeah, that's cool. Oh no. See? Oh, no, because I can tell because we were talking about how we're gonna gonna grow our podcast before and like, you know, there's everybody wants some of it, but you, you know, by looking at a little some people may just want two and pop out. Wow, well, I could just do two. For us, it's just gonna be a little harder. But I could tell you like the the colors of my life and like just like simple things, because you know, with COVID, I just for I stopped hanging out with my cousins, right? My little the, uh, the cousins have little cousins and you know babies, and like just sitting with them on a Saturday having a barbecue and these little things that you just totally like forget how important um, mm -hmm. it is just to be with everybody and these simple things. Because um, I got too focused on the the growth part, you know, with, with comedy and um, and all this stuff. And, and comedy, just so you know, anybody who gets on stage, if you try it once, it is um, that that's all you need. It's just like it is the hardest thing I've ever done, and. Um, I would say from from the ages of 14 to literally last year, I would shake my hand. I would get on stage, my hands would shake uncontrollably. So it, it's something that stopped me from doing anything, from having big meetings at work, all this fun stuff. And um, I had to find leverage in my, you know, where the way I look at things now is like, if something's scary, like where would you be five years from now if you didn't do it? And where would you be five years from now if you did do it? And Ooh. like, let's say, yeah, you got to find a little bit of leverage. And like, for me, I'm not trying to be the, the most famous comedian, but um, just now having this other piece that I you do a little public speaking, you can speak in front of people. It's it's a win already. And, um, you know, I I, uh, I did the first real show, the biggest comedy club uh, in New York City it was this club called Caroline's. And it was 15 people who've all been doing it for years. And I uh, my friend put, uh, in the beginning of the year in January, I was doing it for about seven months. He, he signed me up for it and said, listen, it's uh, it's it's May. You're doing it. And I was like, I can't. And it's so funny 
how much better I got in those five months. Because if you give yourself two hours to clean your room, you'll clean your room in two hours. But if you give yourself 10 minutes to clean your room, <laughs> you'll clean your room in 10 minutes. So Absolutely. it's funny the way the, the mind works with these stuff. Cause I just, that put, that put that fire under my butt. And I was like, I got to become ridiculously good. And, and I won the show. I got a developmental deal. And now you're like in the midst of, it is so Congratulations. crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really like crazy talking about it. Cause it's like, I, I've won it right. Like I could never believe, um, like the owner at the end called me. He's like, how long have you been doing this? Four or five years? And I was like, a year? He's like, no way. He's like, you, you're a natural. I'm like, I am not a natural, but I'm a, you know, that was hundreds of repetitions, hundreds of repetitions, a lot of mind work, a lot of visualization, all the stuff that we're talking about that um, makes me happy. That's really cool. And, and a piece that you didn't mention, but you were talking a little bit about the scientific part of it earlier, and I don't know the science behind this, but I think that it's really cool, is one thing that I'll never forget about doing comedy. So so just for for the record or whatever, I used to be a drug addict a um, long time ago before I was 18. And I kid you not, there is no drug that comes close to the feeling of walking off of that stage. Like, it is the crazy, and I've, you know, I've done um, bungee jumping, all sorts of things that scare me, but for whatever reason, and I've done live performances like in plays and stuff, but for whatever reason, comedy was this, like, I felt like I was high. Like, yeah. I literally felt like I was Same high. Same feeling. Same feeling. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that one day was like the best day of my life to this day, getting off the stage and just ripping it, 250 people just dying. But I can tell you, um... I bombed so hard on a Monday <laughs> show and that was the worst feeling ever. Like it was, you can just kind of tell when this stuff happens. You walk in to Monday shows for anybody, never go to a comedy show on a Monday. It's the worst day. There's 15 people. <laughs> it was hot. It was one of the hot August days. I was just not feeling it. And I, you just go up there. And if you're not with, if you're, tr if you're in your head, you're going to, you're, you're dead, you know? And I'm sure you know that from just trying like, if, but if you're in the moment with people and I wasn't in the moment, and I sat there and I was like, motherfucker. I, I was, it, it really just, um, it crushed me, honestly. I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore, blah, 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 blah. But that's why we, we, we do all this work, right? Just to, to pick yourself up and uh, keep going. Well, and I think something you said um, really applies all around is the whole, if you're not feeling it, you don't. And, and, and I'm not like, I'm not saying that people should not give themselves permission to not feel stuff sometimes, but that's always the case for me. And I imagine for you as well, is if you start getting up in your head, whether it's just hanging out with friends, like, I don't know about you, but I've definitely had moments where I was having other stuff going on, hanging out with friends, and I may as well have not been there. If anything, I just kind of brought everything down. <laughs> and I just think that that's really interesting, sort of the um, connection between the two. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that's like I was telling uh, Kara earlier, like I went to Maui for a couple of weeks just to reset. Every year I like to um, take a trip by myself. Nobody, no connection, turn off the phone. Um, and, and like that's that's what being a shaman is, right? A shaman is is removing all the um, all the, the influences in your life and seeing like who your true self is and what pops up. And I was I kept looking. I was just like this comedy's good, but I don't know. And, you know, I, I just realized like the the meaning of life is life itself. Um, so just being in the moment with everything, ever since I came back in, in August, I've just been like being present in everything I do with my family with, cause even when I, when I had family barbecues, um, before that I'd be thinking about comedy, I'd be thinking about podcasts. It's like, you're just wasting time, like, like worrying or this or that. And now I'm just like, listen, I'm going to be in the moment with everything. And that's why I love podcasting. Cause like right now we're, we're in the moment, like having a moment here, like this, there's no hiding. Right. Um, it's, it's interesting. That's, that's the big takeaway I had this summer is like just literally being in the moment it's easy stuff but it's 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 simple but not 
easy, let's say. Yeah, and and I think I think that that's very very true. It's very easy to oh, it's very easy to get like caught up in everything. Um, and and you kind of touched a little bit on like shamanism and stuff like that, which brings me to a question that I had before we even started because we chatted for a couple minutes before we started, and we talked a little bit about attachment, and that's always a subject that's really really interesting to me. And you mentioned the difference between attachment and connection, but okay. I have a question and I have no idea if you'll be able to answer it. So here we go. I'll try. Um, people say that you should be unattached to everything. What about good things? Being attached to things that benefit you, say maybe attached to, you know, um, oh, what's a good idea? Uh, like, like attached to the idea that altruism is good, let's say, you know, where it, mm -hmm. it has a net positive effect on your life. How do you sort of handle that sort of side of attachment? Because I just I find it very interesting. Yeah. And that, that, that whole thing of like being connected and not, you know, I'm trying my best, right? I would say <laughs> that, um, you know, the, the connect, the, the, the point of, of it, I think, and this is more of the concept of Buddhism is to like, let's just say something that could be good, like loving your mother, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the love you have for your mother is a good thing and it, you want to be aware of it. And the way I, I would describe it is like your feel, whatever this feeling is, right? Altruism or whatever. It's like here, you just don't want it to be who you are as a person, because there is your soul, there is your conscious, there is who Kara is as a person. And just by having that thought of it being of this feeling, mm -hmm. it, um, cause what, what, what happens is naturally is, but if, if you start making that one, you're eventually going to have bad feelings that you're going to attach yourself to as well. And that is why you want to keep them next to you. You want to be n near those nice feelings. But, um, I'm a person who is, super addicted to everything I touch. And my father's <laughs> a covering drug addict and gambler and all this stuff. I've been addicted to everything in the process. And I think for people who don't have that, it's okay. You could feel that. But for people like, like myself, I need to be very aware of what I'm feeling. Cause then you can just get addicted to stuff, right? If you, if you drink too much water, you can end up killing yourself. Right. That's, and mm -hmm. I've been like, I, I've been like even meditation, I was sitting there doing it for three hours in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what is too much? Like, I'm not, a, I'm not going to be sitting on top of a mountain in Tibet, like doing this stuff. So um, that's just for, I'd say very much for people who have that, that obsessive quality. Well, and something you said made me think of another, another good point is, you know, talking about attachment and, and how it can start to become part of your identity is like, let's say altruism, right? Well, altruism is, is a really, I can't believe I picked that example because it's a really good example of something that I have been too attached to and ceased to take care of myself because I wanted to take care of other people. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it can sort of throw off the balance too. So that totally makes sense. I understand it a lot better. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I just, uh, and again, I'm no expert. I just, I, I've had, uh, I've had the, um, every, so there's four um, lamas who are basically anointed from the Dalai Lama in North America. And I've had each of them on the podcast and then they've like, blown me away with their, to, I would say there's different forms. This is the problem with, I think, spirituality. People don't know where to start. And I would say you got to do a little bit of digging if you're going to try. Um, there's Zen, there's there's Tibetan Buddhism, there's, there's Hinduism. And like, I just always kind of lean towards Tibetan Buddhism, which is just very, it's the oldest type and everything's kind of been a branch off of that. But again, this comes back to what we were talking about flexibility. Like you got to be able to try everything. Some people are like, I don't want to sit there and, and like just do Zen Buddhism and meditate, breathe <laughs> in, breathe out. And then some people don't want to do Vipassana. So you got to be open to kind of trying everything and um, having those guys on just like changes, changes the world. And that's like the, the one thing why I love podcasting. Who cares who's listening? Like this is like a therapy session we're having right now. I, 
feel like I'm, I get therapy every every week for free. It's beautiful. It's just uh, it's great. Right? It's the best. <laughs> I've definitely best. said that to people. I'm like, I'm like, I get therapy every exactly. week. And like exactly. the, the I mean, this is a cool and negative thing. Um, but like, you know, because you talk to so many people, sometimes those attachments will just fade away. So you could have a therapy session with someone that's good for both of you and then never talk to that person again. And it was like yeah, this deep connection that you have that's in this sad. deep conversation. So cool. Um so yeah, um Oh, see, I'm all flustered and thinking about how excited I am, and then I can't think of what to say. Um, so, uh, so how long have you been doing the podcasting then? You mentioned you were 28 when you kind of started all the changes. Yes. So now I am 31. We are about two years into this. Probably a year. I think I started it like April 2020, right? During it was just funny because I just I was telling people in the beginning of uh, the end of 2019, I'm like something weird's coming. Something I don't know what. And when I when I uh, turned 30, February 2020, I said I'm gonna start podcasting. I'm gonna become a comedian. COVID hits and all this stuff happens. Now it was good for for both because podcasting we could do this virtually. Comedy it kind of gave me six or seven months to really like work myself <laughs> up to get on stage, because it was such a big thing for me, like facing the biggest dragon that you could, right? And this is like every story, every I'm being into mythology and archetypes and understanding why I kind of connect with these movies of heroes and all this fun stuff. And like that was the reason, like I wanted to face my dragon. And um, so much work went into that. But now once you face your biggest fear, everything after that is like just a joke. Like everything is really pretty easy for me, generally. <laughs> um, you know, besides like these little things of, of public speaking and these things. But um, like after you, that's why I always tell people like you should really, if you don't expose yourself willingly to your fear, you're going to let it control your life. And like I literally let public speaking control who I was for 16, 17 years. And I just would have fucking done this 10 years ago. Who knows where I would have been, right? It's really, um, it's fun. And you got to make stuff, you really got to, you got to want to attack the thing, but you have to be able, you can't like do something impossible, right? If I said, I want to speak in front of a hundred thousand people, I would probably fell on my face. It's like willing to expose yourself just enough where it's like, it's scary, but exciting at the same time. That's where I think that growth and transformation happens. Totally. That makes sense. It's almost like, um, it's almost like vulnerability is a muscle, you mm -hmm. know, that you, that you stretch a little bit more all the time. And then like the irony, the the beautiful, sweet irony in it is that the more vulnerable you allow yourself to be, the more invulnerable you are as far as like things actually playing out. Like shame, not an issue for people who tell everybody, you know, all the, the worst parts of themselves, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So so that's a really, really cool concept. Um and, and I guess, so I can ask one final question before you can tell everyone where they can find your show and all that fun stuff. So the final question is, since you've been doing that in this space, especially, what is the coolest uh, report? I don't know what the right word is, but the coolest feedback that you've gotten about it having an effect on someone else's life? I mean, I didn't realize like how much young people like I always thought I was pretty alone in in this like just I'm a weird guy there's like you know there, there's people like us that have deeper connections but like th there's a lot of people you don't even realize and I think just exposing that having these kids you know walk into my gym in Brooklyn there's a lot of, exactly how people would imagine this Italian kids with the shirts and they're coming <laughs> up to me and going dude I didn't I had no idea how to sit with my thoughts and you, I'm sure you have younger cousins and everybody's young kids that staring at their phone and, and satisfaction needs immediate th like these I didn't realize how much you could affect somebody just by posting a podcast or doing something and then all of a sudden 
you're just changing people's lives. And like, I think people look at life like, um, like how are how could you really affect people's lives? Right. Karen, Scott, you guys are doing a podcast. You get this or that. People don't realize that like you're, especially with technology, you're, it's like dropping a pebble in, um, in, in water and you watch the ripple effect happen. And all of a sudden in my gym, there's this guy listening to my mindfulness. There's this guy talking about meditation. It's like, wow, you could really change people. And even if you don't have a podcast, like just looking at your personal sphere and being your, being vulnerable and being able to have some integrity. And, and I think there's something that I've realized like by the more I'm myself to people, the more people feel it, whether, and, and by me knowing that I'm being myself, it makes you be more yourself. It's like a whole vicious cycle of mm-hmm. becoming. And um, I think in, it doesn't have to be mindful meditation. It could be anything. Just by being that, doing what you really think you're meant to do does really help. And and people get affected by it. And people need stuff like this. Like I, I very much believe that we're in such a um, – we're in a very weird part in time, right? There's a lot of corruption and a lot of negative stuff going on with COVID. But you're at this mix between science, ancient wisdom, and modern technology where you could – I think there's going to be a change of consciousness going on that's going to be needed for, for, to deal with social media, to deal with attention disorders, to really be able with mindfulness. Sit, like I tell my little cousins, don't call them meditation if 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 you think it's too too gay for you, right? Go sit, <laughs> sit with your thoughts for ten minutes. Like just do whatever it is to sit. And I think that's what, um, particularly, I have a lot of kids that reach out to me, a lot of males between eighteen to twenty-four. You didn't realize like how much people in general really need that to get their minds in order because you know we're seeing stuff technology and everything coming from a different standpoint. When you look back in 20 years and say, oh, we shouldn't probably let these kids run willy-nilly on social media and have their phone in there too. So um, I think what we're doing is is really going to be um, is ahead of the curve and it's going to be very progressive for the time being. Yeah, I think it's super impactful. And the reason that I asked is because, uh, and you pretty much nailed it right on the head, what I was thinking was that doing the podcasting just amplifies the way that these effects happen in real life. And, you know, like you talked about, like living out loud gives people silent permission to live out loud themselves. And like they see that and then, and then, you know, you start feeling like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be hiding all this stuff. And da 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 da. Like I remember. Okay, this is going to sound really weird and it's super personal, so everyone be prepared. Um, But, okay, so I'm a woman who grows hair on all sorts of parts of my body, right? Like a normal person. And I remember the first time that I ever talked about it, I was so afraid and I was convinced that I was the only one and that I was just a hairy person. And when I talked about that and um, I, I had said, oh, well, I don't want... Um, the teenager to hear. There was a teenager. Uh, my friend's daughter was around, and I was like, I don't want her to hear. And I remember my my best friend looks at me and she goes, Why wouldn't you want her to hear that? She goes, You want her to be ashamed that she grows hair on her ass too, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I remember being yeah. like, She's right. Oh, you know, and realizing that that just being honest. And and when I say honest, I don't mean like not lying. I mean fully present and and just showing up in a real way just lets everyone do that and it starts to gently break down those barriers without the need for violence and all that stuff um yeah and 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 that's that's awesome and i'm so happy your friend told you to do that because fucking let that ass you know grow that hair because even if you don't you know i know telling the truth and there's not telling a lie right even even if you if you hide something from people they'll never find out right you know and there, there's something that goes along with that. I think not having any 
skeletons, call it whatever the fuck you want, right? Skeletons <laughs> in the closet, any demons or anything. Um, it, it does give you a sense of like, I am okay to be out here in this world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh crap, you said something else that I really loved, but I can't remember what it was because, you know, my brain is I like, I'm so, so much, in the Kara. moment. I just talk so much. <laughs> I know. It's really my fault. I just don't stop. No, I, I love it. I love it. But I get so in the moment that I'm like, oh, that that thought is way gone. <laughs> so before we go to our super, super fun game, I always say that so people think it's more fun. Um, I'm going to have you, have you let people know where they can find your show or follow you or maybe see your comedy or whatever things you want to share with people. Yeah, everybody just Google Cause and the Effect podcast. Um, any way that you want to contact me, um, Cause and the Effect podcast on Instagram, Cause and the Effect podcast at, uh, dot com, the website. Um, I would say steer clear of my personal account. See, Kara, so this is like part of shedding this detachment. So if you look after this, I'll friend you from my personal one. You will see the biggest douche on the face of the planet. It is my, <laughs> I just can't let go of being a douche. It's like I got the suit. I got the abs. I got a Drake. You need a place for that. I just, but that's a part of it, right? And this is part that we're trying to meld everything. So don't follow that one. The great, And that's the, the name of it, Kara. It's called uh, Great Scott. That's the, I'm a fuck. Oh, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. So don't do that one. Do Cause and the Effect podcast anywhere. And if you ever have any questions, anybody who wants to talk about anything offline, um, Cause and the Effect podcast at gmail.com. Always happy to help answer fitness, meditation, psychology, anything, uh, anything I could bullshit with somebody, I'm more than happy to do. So that's fantastic. And as always, it will all be in the show notes. Um, <clears throat> I say show notes, but I always say description when I'm not on the show because yeah, I only say it because podcasters all say that, but it says description. Yeah, the notes below, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds way too fancy for my show. Um, so are you ready to guess some Canadian slang? I'm ready. All right. All right. What is a double-double? A double-double. Double-double. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with it's some sort of drink... Is it like uh, a tea? Is it some sort oh, of tea? So close. It's coffee with two cream and two sugars. Oh, see? All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Double, so, double. Okay. I that think works. there's a Tim Hortons in New York. So if you ever go there, they probably won't that's know probably, it because they're from New York, I go too. To, yeah, there's a Tim. I mean, Tim Hortons, the $7 coffee in New York. Yes, that's where I probably got that from. $7? Okay. Oh so, okay. So, so. Too many I, dollars. I will give everybody the, you know, we we're talking, we we're talking about being a little addicted. I would say caffeine is my, is still my kryptonite. So they call it, you're going to love this care. In, uh, in Starbucks, I get what's called the Miley Cyrus, which is, um, <laughs> it's an iced coffee with three shots of um, espresso. Now, this is off the menu because it's a little, I guess, a little rude. So you could order them. The guy told me that they name it after the people who got assassinated. So if you get the John F. Kennedy, that's a coffee with two shots because he got shot twice. And then you, get the, you can get the Lennon with one shot and that's it. But yes, $7 for my coffee because all the espresso. Was Miley Cyrus assassinated? Was the three no, shots she wasn't. I think that they're trying to tell me that she's going to get assassinated. I don't know. Maybe because she's on drugs. I Very don't know, ominous. That, that's my little story. <laughs> all right. All right. This one is another beverage themed one. The next okay. two are for some reason. Mickey. What's a Mickey. Mickey, Mickey. Uh, uh, that just sounds like it's gonna be like it sounds like Jeffrey, so it's gonna be alcohol. <laughs> uh, is it some sort of whiskey, like a whiskey drink? It's it's actually just a bottle size. 
So, oh, okay. Like, right. um, I don't know what you guys call the bigger ones, but okay, it says here 13 ounces. I would say 375 mil. But like the little ones that you can, you know, have. Take a shot back. Like yeah, like they Mickey. look like the, they're like a, from a flask, like a little tiny bottled mm. flask. And like they sell that as like a in the store? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that yeah. So you can good. buy a Mickey or a um, 2.6, which is weird that it's named that because it's named after ounces and we use milliliters but whatever or you can buy a 40 which we call a 40, 40. pounder yeah. <laughs> for some uh, reason see, i know the 40s or a 60 or a texas mickey which is really big see, i guess because so everything the texas mickey okay i think because everything's like bigger that. in texas i don't really know <laughs> um, okay so this one is alcohol themed as well what is a two for it's it is it, like two and four yeah it's a two four yeah T-W-O-F-O-U-R. Uh, is that a 24 case of beer? Yes, it is. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is a Chesterfield? Shit. Is there a, um, <laughs> what do you call it here? Do I get some sort of a... Uh, a clue? You want a clue? <laughs> yeah, kind of a clue. A clue, a clue. Um, a Chesterfield. Okay. It's a piece of furniture. That's your clue. Chesterfield. Is it a Chesterfield, Chesterfield, Chesterfield? Is it like just a like a single reclining couch or something? It's it's a couch in general. And oh, almost right. no one except for old people say Chesterfield, but it's still like known here. I'm going to start <laughs> using these. So people are like, what the fuck is a Chesterfield? Okay, so this one you might know because New York is relatively close to Canada. What's a toque? A toque? T-O-O-K. T-O-Q-U-E or T-O-U-Q-U-E or T-U-Q-U-E, depending on... I don't know why they have so many spellings for it. Tuke. But it's always like, Q-U-E. Okay. Um, is it gloves? Like gloves. Hand oh, gloves. you're very close at these. It's a beanie. Oh, I see. Oh. Yeah. I wish I didn't know the word beanie. I always Tuke. thought beanie meant like those um, cool, like yellow and green and red, like Rastafarian hats. I always thought that's what a beanie was, but... I, I think wrong. that counts as well. The little, like the little cool-looking winter caps, right? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, see, I'm getting I'm close. And some of these are definitely not nearly as universally Canadian, and I don't want to use one. Um, you guys say convenience store, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not Canadian. That's not Canadian. And nobody says the peg, and people who say T dot make me mad, so we're not guessing that one either. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that's it because this list sucked. <laughs> no, I like that. See, we learned some stuff. We learned some stuff. Oh, wait. Okay, I have one more. Well, it's kind of a double one. What is a loony? Like a loony bit? Like Looney Tunes? Is it spelled like loony? Uh, it's L-O-O-N-I-E. Uh, loony. 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 Something your, crazy. your clue is that there's also such a thing as a toonie on the same theme. I don't know if that's a good clue. <laughs> so there, there's something called loonies and toonies that are similar. Yes, there's a loony, and then years later, they gave us the toonie. <laughs> they being the government, if that helps at all. The government. Yes. Well, a department uh, of the government. A department of the government. <laughs> calls it loony and toonie. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, that's the official name. Uh, I'm going to say a pen. 
It's uh, money. It's a $1 or $2 coin. Oh, so it's one a loony and one a toonie? Yeah, a lo- oh, $1 a is a loony. And a toonie, nice. it's got two pieces, too. You can, like, pop out the middle. Well, right. nobody does that because then it's not worth anything. But you, when we were kids, we used to freeze them and pop them out, pop uh, out the middle. Yeah, I was of thinking metal. government, boring, pen. I don't know. That's where my brain goes. No, it was the mint, the Canadian mint. So mint. that's gotcha. government, I think. Okay. I might have. It might have been a terrible clue. No, someone's that's gonna, good. Someone's gonna text me and be like, "The man to separate from the government <laughs> asshole." Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining. Is there anything you wanted to add before I say goodbye? No, thank you so much, Kara. I love what you're doing. Uh, please just just don't stop. I think all of us got to. Um, I've realized like the the best way to like lift others is to 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 really raise to raise ourselves, you know, that's kind of like the goal and just keep doing what you're doing and please check out the future episode of Kara on cause and the effect. And that's it. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been just so much fun. And to my audience, I love you. Bye. (laughs) 